Welcome to DeFi Expectations. Today, we are interviewing Artist the Bob from the IM's NFT project. Really excited about this one. I stumbled upon the project probably about two weeks ago while I was on Twitter, and I thought it was just really neat. So definitely wanted to try and reach out to him and get this on. Before we start, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Please follow us on Twitter at DeFi Expectation. And yeah, let's get into this. How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me on and inviting me in the first Absolutely. place. Yeah, thank Happy you very you. much for making some time to hop on with us. <laughs> so yeah, I guess uh, let's start out by just talking a little bit about yourself. Sure. As yeah. much as, you know, I know that you're Anon, so mm, yeah. go ahead and <laughs> give, us, give us what you need to. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing... In terms of me, you know, I, I've been doing 3D for a long time and I was kind of looking for, I guess, a new outlet. So in the traditional 3D space, if you will, I guess I have, I've developed a sort of a style and I guess there are certain expectations for what you should make next. And then I sort of stumbled upon NFTs and saw what people were doing. And I've always wanted to create something that was different, something that I could just play around with and have fun with something that was kind of a break from what I would normally do. And that's sort of how everything evolved into the IAMS project, the way it is currently, at least. So how long have you actually been creating digital art then? Oh, it's probably like 15, 20 years at this oh, wow. point. Yeah. <laughs> That's a while. Like I uh, originally a long time ago, you know, I wanted to be a video game designer. And so I actually took some 3D design classes when I was younger, like the end of high school. Mm. But we were also pretty broke back then. So I had like no equipment at my own disposal. <laughs> So like every, everyone else was like able to do all sorts of stuff. And I was like, I was like making, you know, <laughs> I think I was using like 3d max and Rhino if you've ever used those. Uh, yeah. I started out with 3d studio max back in the day. So yeah, that's then I've, I've also used a morphium like way before that. So I never really like got a chance to progress into too many other things. And I found out it was very difficult to do. <laughs> I think it's yeah. a lot easier now at least because the tools are, much more extensive that are available. But yeah, back then I was like, oh God, I suck at this. I mean, both tools, but also, you know, education and the, the type of education that you can find online. I remember back in the day when I got started, you know, maybe a couple of years after I got started, I started looking into courses from the Noman Workshop. And the Noman Workshop was really the only thing that was creating, at least that I stumbled upon, like these high quality uh, courses. And, but I don't know, I was, I, you know, 15 at the time, 14, 15, and I couldn't afford to spend 60 bucks on, on like some online course. So you just kind of had to figure things out by yourself and find some kind of crappy tutorials online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back during that time, like, I'm not sure how old you are. I'm 36. So yeah, I'm in time, around thirties as well. So yeah, so I was like 17 back then. And like I said, we didn't have the ability to have any software. So it was just that one time for, you know, one or two hours every day when I would go to the class. And yeah. I have some kind of issue with reading. Like I write for a living and yet <laughs> reading just doesn't work in my brain. So like the teacher did not teach at all. He would just, he gave you a book and he's like, there you go. 
And then he would spend the whole entire class just playing uh, Neil Young on repeat. (laughs) And so I'm just like, I have no idea what's going on the whole time. And I would just see people like starting to develop like complex characters and machine guns firing around me. And I'm like, well, I made the teapot that comes standard with the I'm like, I'm, I even watched like my old uh, stuff the other day and showed it to my girlfriend. I'm like, here's all the horrible crap I made while I was in this class. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all been there with the horrible stuff. It just, <laughs> it takes, and that's, I think that's where it it's hard to accept for a lot of people that it's like, it, it's visual and you can see what you're doing, but it still takes 10 years to get, I get pretty good at what you're doing, no matter what it is. And so I think a lot of people tend to fall off the wagon there at some point. Yeah. It's, it's hard to stay dedicated to stuff unless, mm. you know, it's, it's really a passion of yours. And then you gotta, you gotta kind of make time for it, especially if it's not the way that you're earning an income at that time too. Yeah. And I think at that point, I guess I was kind of fortunate that I found it at such an, such a young age mm-hmm. because it meant that, I mean, when you're 15, you have nothing else to do really. Yeah. So I would just, you know, come home from school I turn on the computer and I would just start doing more 3D. That's good. Yeah. On your profile, it mentions that these are handmade NFTs. Can you explain more about the design process of creating IMs? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's when I, when I first started looking at NFTs like this time around, you know, back in 2017, I didn't really get it. So, uh, but when it sort of had its resurgence here back in March, I started looking at other projects and I noticed that the vast majority were collectibles. And I really like the idea of doing a collectible series, but I don't know how to code. I'm not a developer. And I saw all these 10K projects. I was like, okay, that's super smart if you can do it. But the only way I can do this is just creating them one at a time. So I guess my strength or my weakness was kind of what led me to just make everything by hand. So that's kind of the... That's kind of what I mean by handmade. So everything is, you know, there are certain elements that I'll reuse, like the hair or the glasses or, you know, the base shape of the IMs, but then I'll custom fit and custom make new accessories or items for certain or for all the characters, really. And what do you use to design them? Everything is done pretty much on the fly in Blender. And for some of the more advanced things, I'll, I'll use a software called ZBrush, which is a, it's a sculpting software. And like I had a, it was like this cheese one. Yeah, it was a cheese one with a mustache, I think. Um, I had to do some kind of Boolean operation where you would subtract something from the mesh and make it look droopy. So that would be, that's like hand sculpted in 3D in order to get that feel. And so it's a mix of those things, but, but pretty much the design process is it's happening. It's happening on the fly. Excellent. And how many different characteristics are designed into each of these? They all look really unique. Oh, that's, that's really hard to say because, you know, they've, they've sort of, they've divided by like, if you go really uh, like a, like, like the big overview of these, they're divided into classes. Like you've got humans, elementals, vampires, uh, demons, apes, that kind of stuff. And if you take a look at some of the elementals, for example, they're super clean and as basic as they can be. Maybe they just have a color and then just the base I am shape and nothing more. And, and so, but if you take it, you know, the other extreme, I did a collaboration with 
Ape Gang not too long ago, where we were doing this giveaway, uh, number 195, I believe. And that one, I just went crazy. You know, it has like the zebra texture and a rainbow headband. Uh, it's got hair and it's obviously an ape. So it, like I mix and match a lot. So it's really hard to say, actually. Or would you say that some designs are more rare than others or since they're all unique, they're all pretty much just as rare? That's actually a conversation I've had a lot with the members in, in my Discord because when I first started out, I didn't really know what I was doing. So uh, I looked into traits, right? So all the 10K projects have like 700 traits and these are more rare and these are less rare. But I figured it's going to take way too long to do this stuff. But then I think around a month ago when we were at maybe 120, 150 or something like that, it actually started to make sense to me to introduce some traits, but mostly for filtering, but then also sort of trying to think ahead a little bit, maybe in the future when the collection is complete, there might be some collectors that would sort of prioritize traits over the design. But all in all, at least what the Discord is telling me is that they like them because they are so unique, each of them, that they almost don't need traits. Um, so that's how I feel about them. Yeah. It's like, and the more I see, I haven't scrolled through the whole collection yet, but like the more that I just randomly see them, I'm like, there's, I don't know, there's some affinity that I'm like drawn to with these. Yeah. How yeah. And I think, have you dropped before? I think this was my first. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is my first. Yeah, yeah, this is my first. And then I've experimented with other things, but this was pretty much, you know, I, I think originally what inspired me to do this was the Habibis, I think they're called, and the Boys by Lerona, like all the stuff that was on Rarible back in February and March. I looked at those 3D collections and thought, well, that's pretty cool that they're also 3D collectibles because I had mostly seen punks and, you know, punk derivatives, other 2D pixel art things. And then I saw the 3D collectibles and saw that there was at least some interest uh, when it came to those. And that's kind of why I decided to, to do that as well. What was the process like introducing IMs into the community and starting to get a following for them? Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's really hard because um, like I have a presence online as my real self so but like we talked about in the beginning you know i'm interested in staying anonymous and i wanted to do something that didn't really fall into the category of what i would usually do is that your cheese guy you were talking about yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so i decided to just start from scratch and see what i could do and back in march like the way people grew was through shill posts. It seems it's it sounds weird saying back in March as if like okay that's like ten years ago. But you know how things <laughs> move in NFT space. <laughs> um, so I would I think for the first month, I, I, like it was, like it was all waking hours on Twitter, just posting and posting and posting and posting under every single post I could find that would sort of let me post my work. I've never gone into DMs and sort of indiscriminately just shield my work, but for the the posts that were like encouraging you to share your work, 
for whatever reason, um, I, I tended to post there a lot. And I think the first month that was, that was pretty rough because it was really hard getting any, any kind of engagement um, because you're no one, no one knows you, no one knows your project yet. Um, yeah, but just, I guess, organic growth through being a little relentless on Twitter in the beginning. I feel yeah. that's, that's probably how I found you was like, cause I've started following like a lot of the influential NFT people on Twitter recently. And yeah. I'm sure that that's probably how I saw you as somebody was like, I want to buy an NFT today, post what you got. And yeah. I was just scrolling through and saw one of yours. And I was like, Oh, I like that. <laughs> I think they're the shill posts are definitely getting less common because people are tired of it. You know, mm-hmm. I think because like in March and April, when it was like what everyone was doing, that's all you would see in your feed. Like Twitter would just show you the same 10 posts from the same person who would share the same tweet to everyone. Yeah. Um, and so I started noticing that. So I would customize each tweet as well. It would take twice as long, but I customized every tweet to the person to make sure that it seemed more personal and not just like a copy paste message. So are, mm-hmm. are you talking about like adding them or are you talking like they would make a post and then you would respond? Yeah, I would respond to their posts. So yeah. Because that was the thing. I think my very first post was something like I had seen the whales that would buy like for really high amounts. And so in my first couple of posts, I would just tag them. And I would get like no engagement, you know? And so I don't know if I'm blocked by, by those people now, probably (laughs) because it was just annoying. Like some dude with like one follower, like, Hey, buy my NFTs. They're really great. (laughs) And how are they priced on release? Do you price them all pretty similarly and let the market kind of find a price or do you do them differently based on how much time they took or. It's actually changed a little bit because when, when I started the collection, um, they were priced pretty similarly right now. I think, yeah, the drop price is around 0.05 Ethereum per IM. And I think it was something similar when I started and then I, I increased the price too fast. Like I had seen some, I'd seen some momentum building up in the project and I basically increased the price by like 10 X. Right. And I sold for a couple of days at that price and then people lost interest. And it was right around the time of like, I think I am number 100, which was an animated I am. So mm-hmm. it was like my first animated I am. That one took me weeks to make and I had increased my price and no one was buying for me anymore. And that completely like demotivated me. So I actually stepped away for a few months. Um, so now coming back, I wanted to make sure that I sort of tra- changed my strategy. Mm-hmm. And, and the strategy has just been, okay, I don't really care that much about the price. Of course, it's nice to make some money so I can keep investing into this. But the most important thing was getting as many IAMs into as many people's hands as possible. Mm -hmm. So I I don't really think I'll be going much above this 0.05 Ethereum price really ever. But for the animated IAMs that I do, they're usually priced higher just because they take so much longer to make yeah i would think at this point you've probably got a big enough following where people are willing to pay more for the animated ones i think you would probably still like to sell out instantaneously with those now because people people would know those are unique and they're worth paying that for you know 
Yeah, I think the drop price for the animated ones has, has varied between 0.25 and half an Ethereum. And it's been like that since I, I came back. But I think at this point, yeah, realistically, I could probably raise the drop price to like 0.1, uh, maybe 0.15, and people would still buy it and it would still sell out. But again, like my the whole mission now is to make sure that it's accessible also mm-hmm. for newer people entering the space that might not have that much money yeah. um, that are just interested in getting something that's, I guess, in my perspective, a little more unique. Like what, what exactly motivates you to do certain characters? Cause some of them are, you know, I guess more just your style versus mm. sometimes I'll see like thunder mouse right there. We <laughs> have a squad um, right there. I see right below Fry. If you scroll down a little, we have a pudgy penguin essentially over there. And then we also have, you know, one of the, the crypto punk aliens right there. Mm. And then sometimes like I'll see the guy right above that. That's like the red and black striped one, which kind of looks like, um, what is, what were those, the project that was really popular for a while? It's not hash mass, but, uh, something that kind of looks like that. That's in like mm. a look as well. Do you remember the name of that? uh is it the is it gummos oh the boys that's what it is those were especially on rareable i would see them as one of the main projects Mm. and i just recently saw this little alf den moving guy the other day so i thought that oh yeah yeah so it i guess it's it's a it's a combination of a lot of different things like if you look at the early ims they're all very very basic and you know, looking at like 200 plus, they've started becoming a lot more advanced, like a lot more colorful and I'm playing around with the shapes and accessories a lot more, but it's a mix of things that I guess I grew up with in my childhood, things I found interesting. Uh, if, if I watched any comics, played any video games, something like that, or if there's something pop culture wise that I thought has been interesting or relevant at some point that's had an impact on my life, then I'll bring it to IAMS. That's kind of been my, I guess, thought process behind all of it. And then, uh, so like what, how many, do you make these basically like every day? Cause you release three a day. Yeah. Yeah. So every day. Or <laughs> you'll make that whole brand new series like that day. Um, like- up until this point, it's been making them every single day. So it's been a little bit tough because it's yeah, every day. Uh, so I'm trying to build up like a small backlog. So I That's can what I was thinking, yeah. just get a little bit of a break. Uh, so I can at least just focus on the release because when I do drops, that still takes like, I don't know, two hours out of my day. Uh-huh. And, you know, I have a job and family stuff on the side as well. So it's, you know, you got to figure out how can we, make this all work. And I think eventually, I say eventually, it probably won't be very long from now. I'll start decreasing how many IAMs I drop every day, probably down to two. And then maybe at some point, maybe one a day. It's a way for me to keep this thing interesting and keep it going. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this, this whole daily drop thing is not something that I've really seen anywhere else i think uh, nouns do it but again that's a generative project right so they it's automatic oh, oh, they get one out and it's done uh 
But when it comes to these handmade projects, I haven't really seen, I might be wrong, you know, but I haven't seen the, seen it be done uh, every single day so far. So I was going to ask, like, but you just answered that if you do have a regular day job at this point still, or if you have fully transitioned to this project. So, yeah, no, I actually, I run my own company. Uh, oh, cool. Okay. So, well, that, that's uh, good. You don't, you don't have to necessarily quit your day job then because. No, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully like, I assume then is that in uh, the 3d animation environment, something. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's cool. So yeah, at least you're not motivated to have to like get out of your shitty day job. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, that's still, you know, that's still nice to have. Yeah. And I love to keep that thing going because it's something that I built. Uh, so, you know, if there's a way to marry these two projects to make them coexist in a more balanced way that would definitely be nice that's sort of what i'm looking for but getting back into the space i thought it was important to make it known that the ims were still here and it was an active project and i think the best way that i could think of that was doing daily drops because everyone's reminded every single day and the discord goes crazy you know when there's a drop because people Mm -hmm. you well you know this you you still haven't been able to to, nope. get, to get one no you know what sucked like i think it was yesterday i was just like i got in there and it was like one minute before and i'm like <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna get this drop and i got on open sea and i got yeah. it but it, it open sea kept airing out and i'm like no uh, god damn it yeah yeah i and that's sort of why you know in the beginning it was just all three were just dropped on open sea and it was sort of a bloodbath. People went in there, they started bidding, like everyone lost thousands of dollars in gas. I got angry DMs from people telling me that I stole their money. And like, it's not my fault that, you know, gas is a thing. Um, so people have been suggesting ways around that. That's why we do a raffle now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have a chance to do like a private buy and also why I'm experimenting with auctions again, to give people an option to, to bid on something without having to lose on gas. Yeah. So it's it's very much it's very much a community project because I don't I don't find it interesting just to sit in my room alone creating these things, releasing them, and then just going to bed. Um, I think that's one of the bigger differences from back when I started to now. I didn't have a Discord the first time around. And I was just releasing, you know, release, go to bed. But now with the Discord, it's, I've never really been a Discord person, but I think creating the Discord has been, it's the most important thing that I ever did for the project because it keeps me motivated. And it's just really, I think we've managed as a community to create a pretty wholesome Discord where people can just share stuff and we just chat all day and it's generally a good time. Yeah, I remember you like posting that somewhere. I don't know if it was on the Discord or if it was on Twitter saying that, you know, the Discord you believe is what lends to the project's success ultimately and that you don't yeah. think it would be what it was without that. No, 100%. I mean, at this point, Twitter is like, it's a secondary thing for me. I still, you know, spend time on Twitter and market the project, but I want to cater as much as I can to the discord members because those are ultimately the ones that are engaging with it on a daily basis and who've shown like a 
like a super big interest in the project. So I try my best to focus my attention on that. Yeah. I mean, I would say like Twitter for you at this point would probably be finding new people and, mm. them. and then the discord is discords where everyone's already clamoring for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, yeah, that's right. What kind of event are you having on the discord right now? It looks like you're doing some type of giveaway or something. So I just introduced fusions for IAMS. It's a sort of our way of doing breeding. I wanted to do something. I didn't want to just do breeding because it felt like it's like an animal thing. And <laughs> I thought about like the, the IAMS are like, they're, you know, they're, they're characters, they're humans, the demons and the whole, I don't know, the connotations with breeding just sounded weird to me. So yeah. uh, I renamed it Fusions. Um, but essentially it's a, I guess it's like a community effort project thing where uh, you enter a raffle if you have more than two IAMs and then you get a chance to win a fusion device. If you win that fusion device, you select two or up to three IAMs that you want to fuse together to create like a new super IAM and sort of I'll work with the people that win and sort of try and make this new version of an IAM where they sort of, they have a say in, in what happens and then they're kind of part of the creation process, I sort of speak. And I had a question uh, kind of going back to OpenSea uh, as well. What made mm. you decide to do your drop on OpenSea and did you consider any other networks or platforms for your NFT drop? Yeah, that was, that was purely a, a money thing because when I first got into the space, I didn't, you know, I didn't know how things worked. And I f found out that on Rarible, I had to pay every single time I needed to mint. And I saw the way that some of the other 3D collectible projects were doing it, that, you know, they would maybe do like, uh, not one-on-ones, one-of-ones, but like additions of 10 or 50 or something. And then it's fine that you just, you know, you pay 50 bucks for a mint and there's 50 versions of the same character and sells out. But because I wanted all of these to be unique, I had to mint every single time I wanted to just release one character. Found OpenSea, found out that they had lazy minting, which essentially means I don't have to pay anything when I mint. And so kind of just went with that because of that. Did they have that ability back when you started? I don't think so, right? I think they still charged you, is that correct? No, I think maybe maybe they just introduced it then uh, when I when I got started uh, because I've never had to to pay the mint on open. You pay for the first one to like create the the contract or whatever, uh -huh. and then all subsequent ones are are free to do. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that that helps a lot. And and when people have asked me before as well, like where where should they go, I always recommend OpenSea because especially when you're starting out, you probably don't have an any money to <laughs> mint a lot because it's expensive with gas and so OpenSea is great for that yeah i was just gonna say what are you hoping to achieve with iams like are, are uh when you look at the vision of this project maybe six months to a year from now are you hoping to be the next crypto punks are you just happy to have them be what they are what's what's kind of your goal well you know like a month and a half ago we had done five ethereum in volume and now we've done over 40 and so that 
growth to me has just been crazy. And I look at some of the other projects and I feel like there's definitely room for like a go-to 3D collectible project. And, and so I want to keep supporting this because I, I would love for this to become like a household name within the NFT space. Um, and I'll do whatever I can to really push that. It's interesting because I guess the low supply compared to some of the other bigger projects like apes or punks or penguins, whatever it may be. But I really feel like there is room for the more, let's call it exclusive projects um, in, in that whole sphere as well. So yeah, getting, getting IAMs into as many hands as possible and just making it a household name, that would be, that would be the ultimate dream for this project. Do you think, I mean, like at some point, do you feel like you might be able to completely dedicate yourself to this project or would you still want to work on your other that you are working on as your normal business right now? I'd probably do both. Yeah. I'd probably do both. That kind of made me uh, think of another question too. Like, so I don't know what your other project is or if you technically (laughs) like do, you know, if it's not necessarily a project more so, but it's just like, you know, your business, but would you ever, if it is a project kind of drop like an homage to, uh, you know, that project as an IM, just like in a really low key way. Probably not. Probably not. No, I'd want to keep those uh, pretty separate. So they don't, they, they wouldn't really mix, I think so (laughs) without saying too much. (laughs) Okay. That's interesting. (laughs) Um, so I was, I was kind of wondering, like back to the discord, mm. uh, how, how hard is it to kind of set up your own discord and manage the whole thing yourself? Well, when you're like me and you know, absolutely nothing super hard, but I've been told that it's super easy. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> like when I, I had to figure out all the permission stuff, getting things set up and stuff, you know, like discord is super easy to use. So I think once you've done it, you know, once you've made one server, it's fairly trivial to do again Mm -hmm. but i think one of the things that really elevated the discord to the next level was that pretty early on uh there was a guy called shady that got involved with the project he um i think he couldn't maybe he couldn't like he couldn't afford the floor price of the im so another collector basically sold him an IAM for, I think, below floor price, pretty close to mint, just so he could get one. And he started chatting and fairly early on, he he was really engaged. So I made him a moderator, not because I needed any, but I don't know, it just seemed like kind of a fun thing. And he's been an absolute champ, like creating bots and commands and setting everything else up. So, you know, that's really been... I guess the backbone of everything nice about the discord things that I don't know how to do. You, you know, it was kind of funny. It was like going back to the discord. Cause like I said, I've been trying to get one ever since and just have it. And it occurred to me at one point I was about to post this. Cause like, okay, back in the day, you know how, like if you're at a drinking fountain and somebody's like, they're like, save some for the whales if you're drinking too much. <laughs> and I was about to post that. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's already what's happening. God damn it. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Save so some not for the whales. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like a running joke whenever we do the raffles because I post it on Twitter as well. And people are like, no, don't do that. Don't don't post it on, on Twitter. It'll yeah. just bring more people and our chances will decrease. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's gotta be at least like 50 plus people vying for these things every day, at least. 
I think like if you like look based on the raffles, I think you can get a pretty good idea of how many people would actually actively try to buy. Yeah. Um, like so for a raffle nowadays, we get maybe like 80 entrants or something like that. So I don't know, maybe like a third of that would actively try to buy, which is a lot of people that lose gas because only one person gets it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sad about that. Yeah. <laughs> So like you, I mean, the, the way that you kind of release now is usually I'll see at least one of them is raffle. Um, one of them is just a straight drop. And then the other, it seems like you do like different types of auctions on. So is that's like a plat, is that kind of like a, a way that you plan on doing it for a while? You think like, has that been working out pretty, pretty well? I think so because it, it's, I was, I was pretty hesitant about the auctions in the beginning because I had tried to do auctions before and they had just bombed like no one had bid on them. To be fair, it was the animated ones and they were a lot more expensive. Uh-huh. Um, and with the animated ones, they tend to be super specific, right? So you might need someone, like they're very niche sometimes. So you might need someone who just likes that and it's animated and it's more expensive in order to sell it. Uh, but ever since I started doing raffles with the more normal IMs, or sorry, auctions with the more normal IMs, it's been going amazingly and usually they sell for well they've i think we've done three so usually might be a bit bit much but they sold for something like 0.3 0.5 and around 0.6 yeah that's awesome and obviously that's it's like that's crazy amounts compared to what i normally do but it's not so much because of the money when it comes to the auctions but it's because of what it does to the volume and it's sort of it's a very it's a very strategic thing for me because if we can push up the volume faster, mm-hmm. that helps get it, that helps get more attention to the project. I think, especially yeah. like the people that are looking to buy in big, they would look at a project and see, okay, there's been a lot of volume movement here in a very short amount of time. Maybe there's some potential in this project. So that that's kind of been my thinking. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, it kind of reminds me of like what Burning Man does now with the tickets where it's like, they will, they'll do, you know, the low income releases, <laughs> which mm, is like, yeah. then they'll do, you know, the really expensive ones for people who are, you know, they got as much money as they possibly need. And those people are willing to pay two or three times the even normal ticket price. Yeah. And then you've got essentially the one that you just put right out there, which is standard. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, so many things with this project is just accidental you know uh people ask me about like a grand vision and like oh what's the roadmap like and i'm like i I don't know man i just i just do this thing because i think it's fun and i get to experiment and so far it seems to be working uh people like that general attitude towards things it keeps it loose it keeps it more i don't know organic I feel I'm not, rest- I'm not that restricted by any rules that I've, well, I guess, haven't set for myself <laughs> um, with a project like this. And I mean, in your opinion, what do you think people are like connecting with these characters about? Do you think it's the fact that like, you know, you're doing some characters that they enjoyed? Do you think it's like the shape and the design itself or like the collectability aspect? Like what part of it do you think connects with everyone? I think it's a mix of things like, um, some some of them are connecting with characters that I've done that have inspired me in the past. Let's say um, I did a 
I'm always hesitant to say, you know, the real character because it's like, okay, what about copyright? Um, but I did, mm-hmm. I did a version of Batman, for example, very early on. I think number eleven or something like that. He's, but he's called Darkness. He's not called Batman. He's called Darkness, <laughs> um, and he has this super shitty logo on his on his on his suit or whatever that kind of looks like, I don't know, a melted bat or something. But his name is Darkness, so he's clearly not Batman. Um, but you know, some people will connect with him because they're like, okay, maybe I watched Batman, the animated show or something. So I'll get it. But I think the coolest thing I hear is when someone tells me that they either look like the I am that they're buying or Uh that someone they know looks like the I am that they're buying. So there's like this real world connection with an I am that I think is super cool. I've seen, uh, yeah, I've seen like, um, have you, do you know Art Chick on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I've noticed that she seems to collect a lot of characters that look like either her or her persona. Mm. So yeah, I can definitely like see people doing that. I mean, it would. I'd love to get to the point where I could do that when it comes to, you know, characters where I'm just like, oh, look at it, it's me, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. In fact, right now we're actually having the art design for the episode. And <laughs> I told her, I, I'm still trying to figure out exactly... Uh, what to do but I'm like I'm basically like okay I'm thinking like we're gonna have your little character right there that you use as your avatar and then yeah. have her kind of draw uh, Fry and I as I am's and then <laughs> nice. what's the, the other thing I'm kind of thinking and if I could get like a little more information about the uh, new fusions project because I'm kind of mm-hmm. wondering if maybe we could do something like that in the background for it just to kind of enhance the background yeah sure so yeah, I mean, can you kind of lend some more information about that? Like, and where where do you think that the uh, that new edition is really going to take the project? I think it could like, I think it's going to go like two ways actually. There's going to be the people where they fuse two IMs that are sort of meant for each other, you know, and they produce something that's really nice. And then there's going to be the fusions that are just not compatible. Um, but I'll make them anyway. <laughs> um, but I guess with, with this whole thing, it's like, I want to make something that's still nice. I don't want to make something that's crappy, even though they don't fit together. Right. So this oh. is just going to be more of a challenge for me, but yeah, it's this whole collaboration thing. I say collaboration. It's a weird kind of collaboration because most of the traits are random. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just to give you some background on that, I did like, uh, a secondary project called 3D Ether Rock as well, where for any IAM holder for like a three-day period, I think it was, they could claim a 3D Ether Rock for free. And they would just get a random rock. And the rocks are like, there's a regular rock, there's a blue gem, there's a green gem, a red gem, a purple gem, and a gold stone or gold rock. And depending on which type of rock you have, you get more of a say in what happens during the fusions. So if you have a regular rock, you get to decide one trait that's guaranteed to carry over to the fused I am. Uh, and, the, and the more rare your rock is, the more traits you get to decide carry over. And that's where the collaborative aspect comes in, I think, because then I can have a conversation with the collector and be like, okay, what do you want? And they're like, okay, I want the electric quirk to carry over and I want them to have shades 
and I want them to have a hat or something like that. Um, and then, you know, we could go back and forth. I'd be like, okay, I don't think the hat's going to work really well. Are you sure? I can definitely do it, but I don't think it would work. And, and so it's going to be interesting having someone else involved in the design process like that, because usually I'm used to just going at this myself. And where do you see the future of the project going, like both in terms of price collectability and then possibly other additions like the fusions? Like, do you have the possibility of creating more that you've thought of? Or do you think that like the fusions is going to be, you know, that one thing for this project that you're going to do additionally? I'm definitely open to doing other things because when I started the project, it was just going to be still, you know, I am's that you're just like in a fixed position. But then we approached number 100 and I thought, okay, it could be cool to do a few animated IAMs. So we did animated IAMs and now, I don't know, I think we have like five or six animated IAMs. So they're still pretty rare because they take a lot, lot of time to do. And I was just scrolling through Twitter and then I saw another project. It's a 2D project called Pigos. And she was talking about doing breeding for, for her project. And I thought, okay, oh, that's really cool. Cause then you can mix and match and you can create something super unique. And so, you know, who knows after like number 400 or something, I might discover another thing that could be cool to introduce. Mm -hmm. So I never, I don't really want to um, restrict myself with this project and be like, okay, we're done. We've, we've developed everything that can be developed. If there are improvements or suggestions, that's that's something that I want to take on board. Yeah, and it's cool that you do have such a strong community because you know I'm sure people could possibly propose that kind of a thing. And then if it was something that yep. was interesting to you, you could just be like, yeah, I actually really like that concept. And that's that's what we currently do with sort of I am suggestions, where the community will constantly uh, tag me and say, okay, it'd be cool if we could do like a a Bob Ross one, for example. That one came up a lot recently, or I don't know, like a Mr. Potato Head or something like that. And, yeah. and because when you have to do 500, it gets really hard. You yeah. know, we're almost at 250 and it's really hard already. Mm -hmm. um, I released this uh, vampire Smith looking dude with a mustache yesterday, I think it was. And after I'd released it, I was like, wait a minute, this looks familiar. And then I scrolled back and then maybe 20 or 30 IMs before that, I had made one that was essentially the same. Like the only difference is the apron and the other IM is wearing like a sun hat or something like a sun visor. I was like, God damn. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, if you don't, if you're not careful with this, I think your brain just goes on autopilot and you end up making the same IMs again. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. I mean, like, it seems, you know, because there is so many 10,000 piece NFT projects, mm. you kind of, you know, it's like, it sounds like it's easy to create so many unique ones, but when you're having to do all the ideas, I guess not. Yeah. When you have to do it manually, then it's easy to, I guess, reuse things without thinking about it. Yeah. Probably makes it easier. The fact that you don't restrict yourself at all, though, like, like you said, you, you have different designs. They could take inspiration from like Batman or I saw a Hitman agent mm. 47 one. Like, yeah. I think that's, that's probably super helpful with your creativity that you're not restricted in where you'll go with the idea. Yeah, exactly. 
And I guess like my last, uh, my last question pretty much is just like, you know, when this is done, you're about halfway through, I think right now you said, what are you yeah. nearing the two thirty? probably? I think, is that right? Yeah. Something like that. You're about halfway through. Um, if you were, if you were doing even three a day for the next like couple days, you know, mm. then you've got a little ways to go on finishing up this project, but what happens after this project hits 500 and you've completed it? Oh yeah. That's, that's the big question, isn't it? <laughs> um, I have, you know, I want to keep supporting this project is, I don't know how, when you're not really creating any more IMs, because I've said from the beginning, there's going to be 500 and that's it. I don't really want to do like a derivative project or something that's still related to IMs because I think maybe that would like, it would pull down the value of the IMs because uh-huh. then you, oh, okay, now I have... I am's generation two. Oh, okay. So there aren't 500. There's 500 plus the new ones. Um, so I wanted to be careful about that. But I have an idea for like a super realistic uh, 3D avatar project where you might, it, it's maybe even more exclusive, maybe like only 100 avatars or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but something kind of inspired by the, I think it was like the Oni. Oni or on one Oni project or something like that. That's very like there was such distinct style with that side profile uh, project. And they had a lot of really cool designs. If I could do like something like that in 3d, but to a really high level, I think that could be interesting, but you know, anything's possible. Um, Now I just got to focus on finishing up all 500. And then I guess, I guess we'll see. And yeah, that actually brought out two new questions for me. So um, yeah, after the project ahead. is done, would you ever consider possibly working with someone who's, you know, a Solidity developer or programmer who maybe would be able to help you do like an auto-generate one? Or is that like something that you'd rather keep to more of a personalized aspect? That could definitely be interesting. I'm, you know, I'm looking at what the guys over at Mechaverse is doing with the... Um, like those, uh, what's it called? Uh, Transformers like stylized robots. And that's, I feel like that's kind of a hybrid project where it's a, it's a generative or like generated designs, but they're all made from real 3D pieces. You know, if I could do something like that, that would be really cool. But yeah, I would need a developer for that for sure. I don't know how I forgot to ask this in the first place, but how did you come up with the project name? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I mean, the essence behind every single I am is that, I think I write that in the description as well, is that I am sort of like a representation of everything you can be or want to be. Yeah. and so I wanted people to take a look at IMs and find at least one that they could identify with, be like, this is me, or I can relate to that. So it was kind of, that was the thinking. I am this I am. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was kind of my thinking. Gotcha. Well, yeah, that's it for me. Fry, do you have anything else? No, that was pretty much it. Just uh, if there's any other links or ways people can contact with you that you'd like to share. Everything is just, yeah, through Twitter. 
and through Twitter, you can get access to the Discord. And I would, you know, I would love for more members to join the Discord because uh, that's how we get them hooked on, on IMs. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we'll yeah, definitely put some links. That's awesome. what you got to do. You have to give the first IM out for free and then they're hooked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a drug. The users you know. for life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you. Thank you yeah, for having definitely. me. No, yeah, it's, no it's, hopefully we'll be keeping in touch. Yeah, I mean, it's I've never really had to share anything uh, when it came to the IMs before. It's always just been focused on the little Twitter sphere and whatever happens on on Discord. So it's been really cool to talk to someone uh, about the project more in depth. So thank you. Yeah, and hopefully uh, after this is all done, I can hop over in the Discord and try my luck again. <laughs> <laughs> every day, every day. We will see. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, we will talk soon. You have a good one. You Thanks too. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you. Bye.